Welcome to the AT. Oh, we got to record. Fuck. No, we're recording. We're good. Ah! What is going on, guys? I am Paul Ryan, your host of the ATB Fantasy Show. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me tonight is co-host Mr. Pigskin Papers, Dave Hartman. Dave, how are you? I'm doing well, Paul. Uh, how are you doing? When last we spoke, the Cowboys were still were still in the playoffs. I see you got your, your <laughs> Cowboy hat on. Um, that was a good game. Uh, how are you doing post the end of the Cowboys season? I'm still coping, Dave. I mean, it. you know, I think about that game and the more I think about it, it's just, it's it's a game that was so winnable. If, D- if Dak is just half as good as he normally is on any given day, I mean, I think we win that game, but, you know, it's, it's a tough loss, but I'm glad that we were in that position. It just stinks to know that that's a game that we probably should have won when you think about how well our defense played. Defense, defense played great. Um, I know Dan Quinn knows knows Kyle Shanahan's system well. Um, you yeah. know, they coached together down in Atlanta a long time ago, and uh, they they their defense was there. I mean, they kept him in the in the game the whole way. They Brock Purdy for the first time didn't have a touchdown pass. They only scored 19 points. Um, they only got field goals off the two interceptions in the first half. What? And we'll we'll get into this later in the show. But one thing that stuck out to me was just how similar the end of the Cowboys season was to a year ago. Um, yeah. You know, same team, San Francisco, uh-huh. playoffs, one score game. Cowboys, you know, get a possession with a couple minutes left, go three and out, but get a stop, use their timeouts, get the ball back. And again, can't mount a drive or enough of a drive. Um and then run a ridiculous play on the last play of the season. It was like watching the same thing again. I don't know if you felt that way, like you were watching history repeat itself, but it really just seemed like their season ended exactly the way it ended the year before. This year's end of the last play of the game was a lot more ridiculous than yeah. last year's. I'll tell yeah, you I mean, Zeke didn't need to get blown up like that. They left him out there. And let a run a linebacker get a five yard running start to uh, to knock him on his butt. That was a little. Uh, the whole formation was weird. I mean, it, it was really the two plays before that though, with with Schultz not getting out of bounds with forward momentum, and then Schultz getting out of bounds without getting two feet down. Kind of end. I mean, it was a long shot anyway that they were going to score at the very end there. But um, I think those two plays made it next to impossible. Yeah, it was. I mean, the last year's ending. I felt like we actually had a had a real chance. I mean, of course, the clock, you know, not being on our side and everything, we know how that unfolded. But the I never really thought that we were going to do anything with the with this last drive of of this of Sunday's game. To be honest with you, yeah, that's fair. Well, I didn't mean to hijack this pod with cowboy talk. I know you have a, a whole podcast. <laughs> the Cowboys so uh let, let's get let's get started well hey I understand you're you're rubbing in my Cowboys loss to, to no not at all Giants not loss. at all I just you know look I mean you know my team's the Dolphins my second team is the Giants they're both gone 
So uh, now we, you know, now we watch football with a different lens because we aren't conflicted by uh, by our own biases as fans of one of the teams. Absolutely. Well, Dave, before we get into our discussion tonight, let the people know where they can find you on Twitter, sir. Great. Thank you, Paul. Um, you can find me at Pigskin Papers. Uh, both of the P's are capitalized. And my blog, my website is thepigskinpapers.com. I've got a column up right now, which um, is a little bit of a recap of uh, the divisional round, but mostly a preview of what's coming this week with the two conference championship games, very similar to the format we're going to follow um, on tonight's show, talking uh, part of the time about what just happened last week and then looking ahead uh, at what we can expect this week. And Paul, where I'm can you on Twitter? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're fine. I was going to say I'm excited to read your article just because I feel like you're going to have some interesting stats and storylines to to you know look out for on the game and everything. So when I was doing research, I'm like, Dave's going to have some some cool little tidbits in his article. I'm sure a few, a few. Games. There's a few this week. Yeah. Well, guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan fifteen. But Dave, let's talk some football. And you know we're on to the championship round. But when you look at the divisional round compared to the wild card round, did did you think which round did you think was better? I thought the wild card round was better. I mean, first of all, there were six games instead of four, so you have a better chance of getting some good games. Um, you know, if you look at the divisional round, two of the games really weren't close. I mean, I know the yeah. the Bills were never completely out of it, but the Bengals kind of dominated that game from the get-go. Um, mm -hmm. You know, 14 nothing lead quickly in the first quarter. The Eagles steamrolled the Giants. Um you know, none of the comebacks succeeded. Patrick Mahomes got hurt, left the game for a little while, um, you know, and he's the presumptive MVP this year. So, you know, the, the Dallas-San Francisco game was the best game and the most competitive for the longest amount of time. I know Jacksonville ended up losing by a touchdown, but even, you know, once Mahomes was back in that game, it kind of didn't really feel like the Jaguars had that much of a realistic chance of winning that game. So, you know, you think back to the wild card round to answer your question. We had that crazy comeback in the uh, the Jacksonville Charger game. Um, the the two div AFC division games that kind of went to the wire yeah. um, with the Dolphins and the Bills, you know, two near upsets, the, the Ravens and the and the Bengals with the big fumble six at the end of that game, the Giants. Vikings game was an exciting game that, you know, went back and forth and kind of came down right to the Vikings last possession. So I just think the wild card round had better games. And if, and if you think about this division round and you compare it to last year, there's obviously no comparison. You know, last year had the three, three games decided by three points and then the crazy Buffalo uh, Kansas City game with all the points in the last two minutes, the, the Chiefs tying it in 13 seconds, the game going to overtime. Um, and then, uh, and you know, uh, Kansas City ultimately prevailing over the Bills. So I, I well, what did you think? I, I, it was good football. I was happy to watch the games this weekend, but uh, it ended up not being the games other than the last one ended up not being all that interesting. Yeah, outside of the Cowboys game, 
you know, no, none of these games really had to, had me on the edge of my seat like the ones in the wild card round. I'm right there with you. The, I felt like the wild card round was was a lot better. The, the quality of the games was better. I was kind of surprised. I mean, not kind of surprised. I was very surprised about how Cincinnati just kind of dominated Buffalo. Yeah, I, I wrote about that in my column this week. That was, for me, the biggest surprise of the week was just how easily they beat the Bills and how they, you know, if you would have told me before the season, all right, they're going to play in Buffalo, it's going to be snowing, you know, who's winning that game, I would have picked the Bills. Um, but Cincinnati was the tougher team. They were the more physical team. Um, and they just kind of beat them in all three phases of the game. Um, you know, I mentioned the Giants before. Um, and we've talked about them a lot on this show the last couple of weeks. And we praised them a lot last week. Yeah, um, for their big win over the Vikings. But if you look back at their last 10 games, um, and I know one of them, they they didn't play their starters against the Eagles. So maybe you can throw that one out. But, you know, they get blown out in their in their second playoff game. They're three, six and one over their last 10 games. Um, oh, do man. You think, do you think this was a team that deserved to be in the playoffs? You know, Dave, I hate to use recency bias to make you know a, a judgment call if you will but their performance would say no you know i mean you, you look at the eagles and they were a, a much superior team and and you let you think about the talent the talent on both sides of the ball for for philadelphia compared to the giants it's really not very close uh the the giants were a fun team to root for this year because you think about brian dable and da daniel jones and barkley all those guys are easy to root for but then you, after that it's like you know what else do they have so you know, they, they earned their way to the playoffs. They, you know, they had a good first half of the season. You mentioned the record the last 10 games, which is very surprising. But, you know, they they earned their shot. However, I was looking at some of the teams that didn't make the playoffs. And for me, if, if I would have picked a, a different team to be there, I, I think the Lions are, are the better of all team. And that's a team I, I would have preferred to see in the playoffs. Well, that's that's fair. I mean, the, the three, six and one for the Giants includes a loss to the Lions. In, in the Meadowlands. So, um, yeah. you know, the Lions certainly were a deserving team. They – oh, there I am. That was weird. There you are, Dave. <laughs> lost, lost, lost my, uh, my video there for a second. Um, but – you know, I, I look at it this way. You know, they no team this year did did more with less, and they won a playoff game. So to me, the yeah. fact that they won a playoff game means they were a deserving playoff team. You know, I think with the NFL having expanded the playoffs to uh, seven teams per conference, um, you know, you're talking about almost half the league is making the playoffs. Fourteen out of thirty-two teams. So. Mm -hmm. The last couple teams in each conference. I mean, to me, the Bucks were the worst team that made the playoffs this year. That's um, fair. And in their game against the Cowboys, but they were a division winner. So, um, you know, they get in automatically. Um, after that, you know, probably the Dolphins just without a quarterback um, going into the playoffs. Um, you know, the Giants, the Seahawks. There were three or four teams this year that were a cut below you know, the most talented teams in the playoffs. And I think we're going to see that every year as long as the NFL, you know, sticks to 
14 out of 32 teams getting in. Right, right. It's just a deep playoff field, and so it gets thinned out. Um, so, yeah, I, I was happy to see the Giants make the playoffs, and, again, mm-hmm. they won playoff games. So, you know, they were playing with house money. I don't like seeing them get embarrassed like they did. Um, right. That was the most – that was the most – uh that was the biggest margin of victory in a playoff game between division teams in the Super Bowl era. I was surprised to see that. Oh, wow. 31 points, but that's the biggest, uh, you know, division games. We saw it last week. Um, they tend to be close in the playoffs, even when it looks like a mismatch, like Buffalo and Miami. Um, it's just teams that know each other. Well, they're playing each other for the third time. And uh, it's it's unusual to see a blowout like that. You know, it'll be interesting to see what the Giants do in the offseason because they do have pieces to to build around. And, I, you know, I think they're about a receiver away and, you know, a piece or two on defense from, from you know, being a team that deserves some respect. Yeah, and they, you know, they have big decisions this offseason. We talked about this on the show, I think, two weeks ago. You know, Daniel Jones is, is a potential free agent. Saquon Barkley is a potential free agent. You know, they have the franchise tag. They'll use it on one of them, I would think. I think they'll sign Jones. I don't think they want to give Barkley, um, you know, a long-term deal. I think what what Dallas did with Zeke is is unusual. I don't see a lot of teams giving running backs a big, long second contract with a lot of guaranteed money. Um yeah. And I don't think the Giants want to do that with Barkley. Um, so I think he's a pretty good candidate to be franchise tag. But we'll see. It's a long offseason. It is. Another team, Dave, that, that stuck into the playoffs was, was the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you look at Trevor Lawrence, the year that he had. Is he looking like he'll be the next elite quarterback? Certainly could be. Um, you know, he's... He's an interesting case because he was the clear number one pick. And, you know, people were saying he was the best QB prospect since Andrew Luck. And that's a lot of pressure to put on a young player. He won a college national championship. So everyone knew who he was. Yeah. It seems like he was there for like as a four year starter, like Clemson was on TV a lot and the whole country kind of knew who Trevor Lawrence was. Um, and there were a lot of expectations. And then his first season, gets kind of wrecked by the whole Urban Meyer disaster, Um, you know, doesn't get good coaching. He's on a terrible team. They went out and spent a lot of money. I think, you know, people made fun of them for the Christian Kirk um, contract. And Christian Kirk was great this year, up including last week. And, uh, you know, he's not necessarily a number one, but he's a really good slot receiver. And I think he helped Lawrence a lot. I think Evan Ingram did too. I think Lawrence still has – a way to go before I'm putting him in the same sentence as Mahomes and Burrow and Josh Allen and even Justin Herbert. Um, but oh. he showed a lot of development this year. I mean, I just think uh-huh. he still turns the ball over too much. Um, and he hasn't won a lot of games. Um, but I, I think it's coming. Uh, I don't know that he'll be as good as, you know, the quarterbacks who were as heralded as him, like Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning. Um, you know, he he still doesn't seem to me to be like he's there yet. Uh, but this season was certainly 
a step in the right direction and especially getting some playoff experience. You know, he got to play two playoff games and that's huge that, you know, you, you kind of need that. I mean, obviously he played big games in college. Um, but I, I certainly think he, he could be an elite franchise type quarterback. That's the expectation. I just don't think he's there yet. What do you think? Yeah. You know, uh, again, recency bias, Dave, but I'm ready to put him right up there with, with Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. And I, I personally, I, I have him over Justin Herbert. Um, I'm not sure what you think about that, but you know, Doug Peterson deserves a lot of credit for what he did this year. But yeah, Lord, but Trevor Lawrence, he, he is a stud. And I feel like he, he showed us why he was the number one overall pick this year. And I think he's only going to get better. Well, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm just thinking about this, you know, one QB we haven't mentioned who's a third year player is Jalen Hurts. And right now I'd rather face either Lawrence or Herbert than Jalen Hurts. Maybe part of it is the offense he's on and the weapons he has and just the way yeah. Philly, the way Philly has played all year. Um, and, you know, Hertz came into the league with more questions about his accuracy and his, mm. you know, just his general ability to throw. But, um, I mean, we'll see how he does this week. Uh, but he's another one, another young quarterback that I think has entered the conversation of, is this the next great one? Um, you know, certainly he's got a good chance to get to a Super Bowl. Um, so we'll 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 see. Um Another team, you know, we talked a little earlier um, and still kind of looking back at last week, we talked a little earlier about um, about the Bills and uh, how thoroughly they got beaten. Um, you know, this is a team that three years ago or sorry, two years ago, they lose in the AFC championship game. Then last year they lose in that crazy AFC division round game, a game they probably should have won. Um, and then this year they kind of get beat soundly in the AFC divisional round. So they're kind of moving in the wrong direction um, yeah. for a team that very much two years ago looked like they were ascending and they were the great team. You know, the only thing that was really different from last year to this year, they added Von Miller, but he got hurt. Brian Dable left as their offensive coordinator, and maybe that mattered more than we thought. But what do you when you look at the Bills, Paul, what do you think they need to do to kind of get over this hump and get up there with, you know, the Bengals and the Chiefs, who for the second straight year are playing in the AFC championship game with the Bills at home watching? Well, Dave, the easy answer would be to stop playing good teams in the playoffs. Stop running into Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow, of course. Yeah, that's, uh, the, that's fair. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, <laughs> yeah. a good comment. I, I'm just, I'm nodding my head. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, but the real answer is, you know, I would say take a little bit of pressure off Allen, maybe, you know, utilize the run game a little bit more to, again, to take some pressure off Allen or just continue to continue to build that defense. I mean, we saw this year they were already a top 10 pass defense and top five run defense. It's just kind of, you know, what's the saying? It's better to be lucky than good sometimes. And they've just had bad luck in the playoffs, honestly. Yeah, I mean, one thing that stood out to me this weekend was, you know, a lot of the talk going into the game and the reason I picked the Bills that sort of broke the tie for me was the Bengals being without three offensive linemen from an offensive line that wasn't great to begin with. You know, that was sort of mm -hmm. the, 
the main thing they changed from last year when, you know, Burrow, his first two seasons got sacked so many times. I think Burrow, part of it is Burrow got better, has gotten better at getting the ball out, you know, more quickly Quicker. and yeah. making faster decisions and faster processing. But the Bills really like they only had one sack in this game. And again, you know, I don't want to just keep talking about Von Miller, but their defense really hasn't been the same since he got hurt. And the rest of the guys, you know, Gregory Rousseau is developing into a pretty good young player. Yeah. Um, but they just didn't put pressure on Burrow. He had time and he picked them apart, which is what he's going to do when he has time. He's got really good weapons and he's got a really good arm and he can make every throw. So I I don't know. I mean, I you know, maybe they get Miller back fully healthy next year and, and they have more of a pass rush. Uh, maybe their secondary can stay healthier. And I'm not just talking about DeMar Hamlin. I mean, he he was getting big minutes because Poyer was hurt. You know, they, they had a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries on the back end this year. So but I, I think maybe they're missing a little bit of toughness. I, I don't know. Like they oh. uh, the, the Bengals really pushed them around. They, they looked like the tougher and more physical team. Yeah. Um, you know, the Bills are not a particularly big team. Um, and the last thing I'll say is I, I you know, I, I was sort of thinking this was going to be Gabe Davis's year that like he was going to really emerge as a solid number two opposite Stefan Diggs. And he 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 showed flashes, um, but he was pretty inconsistent. You know, he had a lot of games with two or three catches, um, didn't have a ton of catches on the season. Isaiah McKenzie really didn't. You know, he got hurt. Jamison Crowder got hurt. They finally had to bring uh -huh. back easily they just they didn't have a lot of continuity on that offense I also think Josh Allen's elbow was maybe a little more of an issue than than anyone said but um I part of what you said is is the answer they're just in a loaded conference with two teams that right now are just a little bit better than them and uh, they run into them in the playoffs yeah definitely and you know I like your answer though about the toughness because they were kind of getting bullied there in the run game by by the Bengals so uh, yeah, they think about Buffalo. 72 yards of rushing. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, without, you know, without three starting offensive linemen. Yeah. And 30 first downs. Mm, man. Yeah. Uh, I believe you're passing the baton to me here, Dave. This this question pains me to ask, but <laughs> you look at Dallas and McCarthy and their back to back years of the way they kind of leave the playoffs. Of course, you know, back to back years of 12. Uh, 12 regular season wins. But when you look at the combination of McCarthy and Dak, is that a championship winning uh, duo, you think? Can Dallas win a championship with those two? Well, they, they they haven't so far. And, you know, Dak has only won, I think, now two playoff games in his career. But um, I'm going to say that I'm going to say they can um, for a couple reasons. One, I mean, it, it's not good that they're in the same division with Philadelphia because I think Philadelphia now is going to be a really good team for the next couple of years. And Jalen Hurts is a lot younger than Dak is. And and Dak regressed this year with the turnovers. Um, and that's something he needs to work on. But I think Dallas's defense is they're, they're young and they're one of the three or four best defenses in the NFL. And you saw it last week. I mean – holding the 49ers to 19 points on the road mm -hmm. um, with the weapons that they have. Um, you know, they're the first team that really kind of made Brock Purdy look a little bit more like a rookie. I know he didn't turn the ball over, but 
he also didn't do that much. I also think that the 49ers kind of looked at that game the way it was playing out and just said, we're going to play conservatively. We're going to let our defense, we have the better kicker. They're scared to even use their kicker. Our kickers never missed a playoff kick, and we're just going to kind of grind out a low-scoring win here, and we can win that way or we can win by scoring points. Um, but, you know, I'm not a big Mike McCarthy fan. I wasn't when he was in Green Bay. I know he won a Super Bowl there, but, um, you know, the, the Cowboys were a good team this year, uh, and I think that their defense, you know, with with Parsons and some of the other really good young players they have on that defense. Um, I, I think they can win. I think they can win a Super Bowl with this combination, but a lot's going to have to go right for that to happen. Um, so hopefully that's the answer you wanted to hear. What do you think uh, um, from your standpoint? I absolutely think they can. They've got a championship caliber defense. I think we've seen from Dak. I know you mentioned the interceptions this year. It's fair to say that he regressed in that, in that aspect. But uh, McCarthy, I mean, he's he's proven to be a winner. I know he he left Green Bay kind of, you know, on a bad note. But of course, usually that's when coaches do leave teams is when they've kind of their time has ended. But when you look at what he's done in Dallas, you know, his first year with the worst defense in the NFL, one of the worst in history, he still found a way, and uh, he still found a way without his starting quarterback to have the team in a position to make the playoffs all the way to week. I believe it was seventeen. We lost yeah. to the Giants, I believe, was that was that game that we were eliminated. But And then you look at back-to-back 12-win seasons. I mean, that says a lot about your head coach. If Dallas, you know, they built the defense through the draft the last two years, now it's time to add some pieces to the offense. When you look at about how they approached this offseason, you know, trading away Amari, letting Cedric Wilson walk, um, I don't think they've done Dak any favors the last two years. They've got to bring in some some help for him, I think. Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, one thing I forgot to mention um, when I was talking about how San Francisco kind of approached that game as it was going Mm -hmm. on, I think think Tony Pollard leaving the game just gave them gave San Francisco more reason to just say, you know, we'll play conservatively on offense. We'll play for field goals. We don't want Purdy to we don't want to put the game in his hands Mm -hmm. and let him and let him make mistakes against this defense. You know, he was getting pressured a lot. Parsons was everywhere. I mean, like you looked up and he was like jumping over someone or or he he was just everywhere in that game. And I think when Pollard went out, I think the 49ers realized CeeDee Lamb was like the only guy who could beat him on that offense. Yeah, mm-hmm. And oh, Lamb had a good game. He, you know, he had 100 yards and a bunch of catches. Um, but uh, – you know, that that made a difference in that game, too. And obviously Pollard's injury is more than Mahomes' injury. I mean, it's more than a high ankle sprain. He broke his uh, broke his ankle. So, yeah. we'll him, you know, thankfully he's got plenty of time to heal up. And I think next year you'll see him take even a bigger lion's share of the of the uh, running back work from Zeke you know, let Zeke kind of continue to be the short yardage guy that pounded between the tackles on some of the early downs. But Pollard is just a much more explosive player and gives gives that offense a little more of that dimension that it needs. Um, so anyway, uh, it was a it was a tough loss, um, but they I yeah. thought they acquitted themselves pretty well. And we've talked about it. Um, 
talked about it a little bit already. I think that they uh, they hung in there tough with, you know, one of the best teams in the NFL. So yep, I, think we, I think we've pretty much recapped um, recapped the division round and, and said what there is to say about it. Now we look ahead to the um, to the conference championships. And I know you had said last week that this is you, this is your favorite um, your favorite week of the playoffs. So we've got three of the teams um, that are in the conference championships are the same teams as last year. We got a rematch of the Chiefs and the Bengals. The 49ers are back. Um, they're not playing the Rams this time. They're playing the Eagles. Um, from your perspective, Paul, seeing three of the four teams be the same, do you like that or would you rather see some different teams, some fresh faces um, versus last year? Well, I definitely want my Cowboys to be one of those teams. So, yeah, I'd like to see some <laughs> new teams in there, Dave. But, uh, you know, as long as the best teams are there, that's really what matters to me. Uh, of course, I'd like to see some new teams make it. But when you have teams like Cincinnati, Kansas City, and San Francisco with, with the talent on their, on their rosters, it's hard to complain because it's good football. You know what I mean? It's exciting football. Uh, so, you know, I, again, I'd like to see some new blood from time to time. But the – the cream always rises to the top. And that's why when you see some of the same teams being in that position, it's, there's a reason why. Yeah, that that's fair. And I also still feel like, I still feel like the Bengals are new, you know, Burroughs only yeah. in his third year. Zach Taylor's a really young coach. You know, Jamar Chase is only in his second year. Um, you know, a lot of their players, it's not like, you know, we had Tom Brady in conference championships like nine out of ten years or something from like uh -huh. 2011 to, to 2021 um, or 2020, the last time he was in it. And, uh, you know, that started to feel to me like every year was the same because because the Patriots were always there. And then he went to the Bucks, and they they were in the conference championships his first year with Tampa. So for me, this still, I know the chiefs are here for the fifth straight year. So that feels a little bit like they're just always there, but um, the Eagles are new. I mean, I know exactly. they, were there, they were there five or six years ago with a completely different team and a different coach. Um, you know, Hertz is a very young player. Uh, Brock Purdy's a rookie. I mean, I know the 49ers were there last year, but they didn't have Christian McCaffrey. They didn't have Brock Purdy as their, as their leader of the offense. So um, I'm, I'm good with this. I, this doesn't feel repetitive or boring to me. Not yet anyway. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's three of the same teams, but you got to think about Eagles this year, Rams last year, Tampa Bay the year before that Packers. I mean, I feel like there's been just enough of a mix to make it interesting, but at the same time, I mean, the, as loaded as the AFC is, there's kind of the, the big dogs are always going to come out. Yeah. I think that's right. Uh, when you look at the championship games, uh, this championship round, Dave, are, are these teams the be the best teams in the NFL? Without question, I, I will say one hundred percent. These are yeah. the four best teams. Um, the statistics certainly back it up. I mean, if you look at their records, um, none of them has more than four losses. Right? Um, their combined record is fifty nine and fourteen. Um, the 49ers have won 11 in a row. The Bengals have won 10 in a row. The Chiefs have won six in a row. Um, the Eagles with Jalen Hurts as their quarterback are 15 and one. You know, these teams, if you look at like 
where they rank in DVOA and, and advanced metrics, or you look at traditional metrics of, you know, offense and defense rankings, um, these teams are near the top. You know, each one of them is, is number one or two in either offense or defense, except for maybe the Bengals, but they're solid, you know, very solid in, in both in really all phases of the game. Um, you know, they all even have good kickers. They're all well coached. I don't think there's any question the cream has risen to the top, as you said before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we saw it this week. These four teams, you know, all played good teams and beat them, you know, beat them soundly. I mean, the one game that was the closest, I guess, was was that Cowboy game, but that was still a touchdown. And, and the Chiefs were a touchdown. And that was with Patrick Mahomes missing part of the game. So I think we've got the best teams. And that's really, as a fan, all you can ask for. Um, you look at the betting lines this week and both games are less than a field goal. Both over-unders are right around 46. Like, you know, the 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 bookmakers certainly think this is going to be, um, you know, two very close, you know, not too high scoring, but also not too low scoring games. Um, what do you think? What, what do you think about the two matchups we've got this week? Oh, man, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, you know, you'll, you'll hear how excited I am in my bold call later on. But, yeah, I, I love these matchups. I think they're they're perfectly balanced. Um, I think the way that these teams play, you know, when you think about their opponents and everything, I think it makes for an interesting games as well. Okay. Well, we, we agree on, on all of that, and I think we're both um, feeling like the right teams are there, which is uh, – which I think is important. Now we've, we've talked about how the, the chiefs and the Bengals are not only facing each other, you know, for the, for the second time, but um, in a conference championship game, but they've played each other three times um, in the last 12 months or 12 and a half months, the Bengals have won all three and they've won all three by exactly three points. So, you know, it's, Pretty consistent. Um, in fact, the last two times they played, which was the game in week 13 this year and the game in the AFC championship last year, which went to overtime where the Bengals, where the Bengals came back, the score was even the same. It was 27, 24. Um, so, you know, Brady versus Mahomes is kind of becoming this marquee matchup. Are Are you getting like, Manning versus Brady vibes at this point. And I'm by Manning, I know Eli played Tom Brady twice. <laughs> More Peyton Manning, who was, you know, all those years on the Colts, um, where the Colts and the Patriots were clearly the two best teams in the AFC. Yeah. And met in the playoffs a whole bunch of times. Are, are you getting those kind of vibes from these two? Somewhat, you, you know, you mentioned how many times that, uh, Brady and Manning played. They played 17, and Manning actually has the the winning record overall, which I was surprised by. But four of those games, that, or excuse me, five of the games that um, five of those 17 games came in the AFC Championship game. Here we are with back to back seasons of Burrow versus Mahomes. I do kind of get a Brady versus Manning vibe from this. How about you, Dave? Yeah, a little bit. I think for me, the difference is that the number of other quarterbacks that are that are part of this conversation um okay josh allen the last couple years he's faced mahomes twice in the playoffs he's faced you know now he's faced burrow in the playoffs and he's right there with those guys um 
even though he, he you know that he hasn't gotten to an AFC championship game the last two years. Um, you got Herbert, you got Lawrence, who we talked about earlier. Um, you know, maybe Deshaun Watson again. Um, you know, he was sort of in the conversation two years ago as, you know, among the best QBs in the AFC. So, you know, certainly the, these Burrow-Mahomes matchups have all been really good. And part of that is just their teams are really good. So it's not just, you know, we, we tend to oversimplify it like it's it's Brady versus Manning or or Mahomes versus Burrow. But football is a team game. And, uh, right. you know, the quarterback can only can only do so much and can't win or lose the game all by himself but um it's Very certainly true. you know i think mahomes is 27 and burrow's either 25 or 26 so um you know it could be this way for a while like for the next five to ten years if these guys want to win super bowls they're gonna to have to get by each other now they might right. not play each other every year because they could get eliminated by someone else they could miss the playoffs one year or they could be hurt whatever but this isn't the last year that we'll see them play each other in the playoffs by a long stretch. So I think it's good for the game. You know, um, they're two of the coolest sort of players in the league. You know, they <laughs> you see a lot, right. of, a lot of jerseys everywhere. Um, they're both really popular players. They both, um, you know, Mahomes has won a Super Bowl, so he's got that. Um but, you know, right now, Burrow has the, the Bengals have the Chiefs number right now. We'll see if that continues this week. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, another quarterback that I don't know, say what she will, probably doesn't deserve to be here, but he, he's earned his way here is, is Brock Purdy. You look at what he's done, Dave. Is it time to start believing in Brock Purdy? Yeah, I mean, I think it's been time to start believing in him for a little while, you know, and, and sort of. At this point, like nothing's off the table with him. If he wins a Super Bowl, he's, you know, without ever losing a game in his rookie season, that could happen. You know, they're two games away and they have a really, really good team with an amazing defense and, you know, one of the best collection of skill position players we've seen in the last couple of years. Um, you know, I talked earlier about how Shanahan kind of managed the game against the Cowboys. And that was the best defense Brock Purdy has had had faced. And he was at home. Now he faces a defense. I don't know if they're better than the Cowboys, but they certainly are the best at getting after the passer. You know, they had, the uh -huh. Eagles had 70 sacks this year. They had five more this past week, um, you know, putting Daniel Jones on the ground a bunch of times and pressuring him when they didn't sack him. Um, and this game's in Philadelphia, you know, with a very rowdy and hostile crowd. And this is going to be a whole other level for Brock Purdy to deal with. Um, so I'm definitely taking him seriously. And, you know, obviously the Niners have a good chance of winning this game, but I think this is going to be the week where um, maybe the rubber meets the road a little bit for him. You know, he, this past week was the first first time he hasn't thrown a touchdown. In fact, it was the first time he hasn't thrown two touchdowns in any of the seven games he started, plus the one he came in uh, against the Dolphins when Jimmy G got hurt. And, uh, you know, he, he didn't turn the ball over. And, again, that's what they're 
asking him not to do, but he's going to have to take more chances this week. Um, they're going to have to score more than 19 points, which is what they scored against Dallas. They're going to have to try to get touchdowns and not settle for field goals. I don't think they can beat the Eagles in a very low scoring game. So um, I'm really interested to see. That's one of the things I'm most interested to see this week is how the 49ers approach this game from an offensive standpoint. Do they give Purdy, you know, he, he made a lot of good throws in the weeks before the playoffs, but that mm-hmm. was against, that was against a lot of mediocre defenses. And even in the first round right. of the playoffs against Seattle, which is a mediocre defense and a very young defense, mm-hmm. you know, now for the second straight week, he's facing a, a big boy defense. And so, um, you know, I think this is going to be his biggest test yet. And I'm worried he's not going to pass it or not going to pass it enough to allow his team to win. Um, despite all the poise he's shown and, he really hasn't been flappable, you know. He hasn't blinked yet, um, but I think this weekend might be the might be the time where that happens. What, what is your take on Brock Purdy uh, and the 49er offense in this game against the Eagles? Yeah, Dave, like you were saying, you know, talking about the defenses face he's faced, what he's done as as the uh, prospect that he was coming in and how he's handled it all is you can't take that away from him. He's been fantastic. But like you said, facing these big boy defenses last week, he did look rattled against that Cowboys defense. Uh, you mentioned he didn't he didn't throw uh, a touchdown pass for the first time, or you know, multiple touchdown passes for the first time. So I, I want to see how he looks when the stakes are even higher against a team that's even better. But yeah, I mean, it's getting very close to to where you start asking, okay, is this is he really going to be the franchise quarterback for the for the 49ers? and what's going to happen with Trey Lance, which is a fun discussion for the offseason. It is. And I'll tell you something. I mean, if he if he goes in there and beats the Eagles and puts up, you know, big numbers, um, I will be I've been so impressed by him already. And everything you said, um, I agree with. I mean, he, he he's shown tremendous poise for yeah. he's a third string quarterback, right? Like the, mm. the 49ers are in the conference final. Last year, they were in the conference final with, at the time, their first string quarterback um, in Jimmy Garoppolo. And this was supposed to be the year of Trey Lance. And Lance gets hurt. So Jimmy G, you know, who they were, wasn't even in camp for half of, because they were going to, they were trying to trade him. Um, Then they, you know, it's sort of awkward, but they turn it over to Jimmy G. They keep winning. um, And then, and then he gets hurt and they bring in someone no one has ever heard of. Um, you know, the controversy there this year was going to be Lance or Jimmy G. And here it is, you know, the last pick in the draft um, has them in the conference championship. So it's it's quite the story. Um, and we'll see. We'll see if the story has one more chapter um, after this week. That's uh, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get back on the air the week before the Super Bowl. So um We'll see about that. Uh, but but um, it's sort of an interesting uh, an interesting situation that the 49ers were in and it and it kind of it, it it sort of begs the question, is Kyle Shanahan sort of reinventing the wheel and showing us that maybe quarterbacks don't matter that much? You know, in his time with San Francisco, we've seen him, 
trot out. No, I'm sorry. I'm going to rephrase that. Not that they don't matter that much, but that in the right system with the right weapons, you can win with a, with a bunch of different types of quarterbacks yeah. that, you know, you can plug someone into that system who has basic competency mm-hmm. and, 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 and poise and an ability to stand in and they can succeed. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, during his time in San Francisco, I mean, I think he's had four or five different starting quarterbacks in just, you know, in the four or five years that he's been there. Cause Jimmy Garoppolo has had a injury history and we've seen some guys in that system put up big numbers. I mean, we, we've yet to see Trey Lance really get his opportunity to do that. But you think about Brock Purdy, um, he had Brian Hoyer one year. He had a Nick couple of Mullen. other guys. Nick Mullins. Mullins huge numbers, like three years Put up ago. big numbers, too. And then we yeah. even saw C.J. Beathard win a couple of games and put up big numbers, too. So, I mean, yeah, I feel like he's been doing it for a little while. And he, he's starting to show that, you know, like he said, the, the right system with even just a competent quarterback is just as important as having a very talented quarterback. What do you think? Yeah, yeah no, I, I – I look, I think if there's one team, so the answer to the question, I think generally is no, because I don't think there are a lot of teams like San Francisco that have a system that is taught that way, you know, and they draft, they obviously drafted Brock Purdy for a reason. And it was the last pick in the draft. Fine. He was a seventh rounder, but obviously they saw something in him that they thought he could work in this system if they ever needed him to. And obviously they didn't draft him thinking he'd be playing this year. Um, You know, they drafted him thinking he'd be a backup and probably a career backup. That's what seventh rounders are. If they even make it as career backups. Um, So I don't think there are a lot of, you know, you saw this year, a lot of teams, there were a lot of QB injuries and a bunch of teams ended up starting second and, and and even third stringers um yeah. you know guys like Thompson in Miami and you know there were a whole bunch of other ones um w- teams that that were that had second and third stringers out there and most of them struggled you know mm-hmm. none of them went undefeated over you know six plus games like Brock Purdy has I, I think the 49er system and the skill position players they have the offensive line they have plus the blocking of their tight ends is a unique situation. And I I don't think there are a lot of situations where what has happened in San Francisco this year could happen. And it, you know, Mm -hmm. it it reminds me a little bit of the year where, um, and this may be a little before your time as a football fan, but the very first year that the Patriots won the Super Bowl, um, when Drew Bledsoe, uh, you know, he was their starting quarterback. He was, you know, a number one overall pick and or number two. He was either number one or number two. It was his team. They took Brady with a six-round pick. He didn't play as a rookie. He, you know, he carried a clipboard. He was the backup. And Mo Lewis of the Jets hits, you know, big hit on Bledsoe, knocks him out for the season. Brady comes in, and it was a system. You know, it was the it was the Patriots system, very different than the Shanahan system. But, you know, Brady was in there, um, you know, made the throws he needed to make, but he didn't put up big passing numbers those first couple of Super Bowl years. He kind of worked within the system. They ran the ball a lot. They had a great defense. 
And he was really good, but he wasn't the Tom Brady that he would become later in his career that would win games by, you know, throwing for 400 yards when needed. Yeah. Um, and this reminds me of that a little bit because, you know, Brady won a Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl that year with, with Brady's first year as a starter coming in off an injury to the starter and no one had ever heard of him. I mean, people who followed Michigan had heard of him because he had been the quarterback at Michigan, but he was a sixth round pick. So no one was expecting anything from him. And this reminds me of that a little bit. I mean, there are examples and obviously I don't think Brock Purdy is going to turn into Tom Brady. I'm not saying that. And it, if you look back on that, it's not surprising that Brady was able to do that because of what he became and, you know, uh -huh. the, 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 the all time great that he became, but this just, this just sort of is reminiscent of that a little bit for me. Um, yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Shanahan. It's amazing. Like you and I both play fantasy and it's like, if, if someone gets hurt and someone you've never heard of is starting for San Francisco, pick him up on the waiver wire. <laughs> he's going to get you, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, and he's going to be playable. Yeah. I wish I'd picked up rock Purdy in some of my dynasty leagues. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, live and learn. Pick the Shannon. You know, we know Kansas city is a good football team and you look at the, all the teams remaining in this championship round, their their rosters are pretty stacked. But you look at Kansas City's, and they're not as as uh, talented as they as we've been accustomed to. What, are are they the least talented team in this in this group before Dave? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. Um, and the reason I'm going to say no, and, you know, we've we've gone, we're 50 minutes into this podcast and we've barely talked about what might be the biggest story of this week, which is Patrick Mahomes' ankle, right? Yeah. Because if he's not right, if, if look, he's going to play. He came back into that game with a high ankle sprain. That's a significant injury, but, you know, this is the conference championships. He's not He's not missing this game. And if he was able to come back into that game, you know he's going to play this week, but so much of his game, and I and I'm going to answer your question. I'm, no, no, this is fine. a roundabout way of getting to the answer of that question. Um, Mahomes is like an improvisational genius. You know, we've seen him make these plays where he he's running backwards this way, and then he turns the other way, and then he's running forward, and he's right up to the line of scrimmage, and there's a defender in his face, and he, you know, he throws it underhanded to Travis Kelsey in the end zone for a touchdown. Um, if his ankle isn't right um, and he's not really able to, to really move around and buy time and, you know, be creative, then I think it's going to be a, a difficult game for the chiefs to win. Um, I think if Mahomes is, you know, 80 to 90% of himself, then I think they're right in there. And, you know, they've proven against the Bengals that they're very evenly matched. You know, the chiefs, Scored the most points in the NFL this year. They had the number one ranked offense in the NFL this year. And the reason that I, that I think they are not the least talented team in this round is a lot of it is Patrick Mahomes. Cause I think he's the most talented quarterback in yeah. the NFL and he's playing the most important position in the game, but they've got good players in other places. I think the one place where they're probably, you know, 
weaker than they've been in the past is at the wide receiver position where they're missing Tyreek Hill. Right. And, you know, Juju's a good player. Um, Kadarius Tony is an exciting player. They haven't really figured out totally how to unleash him yet. Um, maybe this week will be the week where he kind of really gets an opportunity um, and gets a lot of touches. Um, but their defense is better than you think. You know, they were a borderline oh. top defense this year. You know, Nick Bolton's a really good player. Um, Chris, Chris, Jones Jones, is, Chris Jones is, you know, he had the number one um, of all the defensive tackles in the league this year. He had the number one win rate on pass rushes. So they've got, they've got talent. I mean, all four of these teams have a lot of talent. Um, the chiefs have it kind of everywhere. Um, yeah. Kind of a lot of really good players, maybe outside of Mahomes and Kelsey and, and Chris Jones, like not that many great, truly great players. Um, but I, I'm going to say that these four teams, the talent level is close between all four. And I think you're kind of, kind of splitting hairs if if you I think maybe the Eagles have the most talent of the four I I, yeah. I think when you look at their defensive line their offensive line like positions that are less glamorous um you know their secondary um I think they might have the most talent but I think all four teams are pretty close what what do you think about the the talent level of the four teams this week yeah that's you know when you break it down that way it is pretty close. Like you said, the Chiefs have some good players everywhere, just not great players everywhere. You, you think about, um, you know, nobody can really compare. To, when you think about all four teams, they don't all have a Patrick Mahomes and a Travis Kelsey, which really is what separates Kansas City from the rest, in my opinion. Uh, that being said, you know, you mentioned it. It was the major disadvantage for Kansas City is that wide receiver. Uh, they don't have a, rece a receiver who has 80 receptions, 1,000 receiving yards, or five or more touchdowns. And you look at Cincinnati, they have two of those receivers. Philadelphia has two of those receivers, and San Francisco only has one. But still, I think uh, as far as skill players go, I, I think since San Francisco probably has the best, and Kansas City would be at the bottom of the list for me. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of interesting when you look at the – the Chiefs and the Bengals and, and kind of breaking this game down in addition to worrying about Mahomes' injury is is what the Bengals did to them in the in the championship game last year. You know, the, the Chiefs had that 21-3 lead and then the, the Bengals scored before the half, which is always, you know, we, we talked about that with that with that Chargers Jaguars game, like getting that touchdown before the half mm -hmm. you know, is, it can be huge in games where you're down big in the first half. Right, um, kind of like kind of allows you to regroup a little bit and you know kind of believe in yourselves a little bit that hey we're not out of this game we just scored a touchdown you know we can get a couple stops score a couple more touchdowns and we can get back in this thing but but the Bengals made a big adjustment in that AFC championship game last year and the Chiefs only scored three points after intermission and into the overtime um, you know, they started dropping eight into coverage and only rushing three. They did that on a lot of obvious passing downs in it. And it seemed to confuse Mahomes. Um, you know, this team throws downfield less. Um, you know, maybe if Nicole Hardman is back this week and he and MVS can stretch the field a little bit. But, you know, Mahomes threw a lot to tight ends and running backs 
um, this year. I know he didn't really throw to his running backs last week, but I think it's going to be interesting to see whether Cincinnati, you know, goes into that eight deep shell a lot, a lot of times and, and tries Mm -hmm. to, especially if they think Mahomes can't move around that much. Um, Maybe they come after him a little more if they think, think he can't move around that much and they worry a little less about him beating them um, by, by buying extra time and then finding open guys against less of a zone. So that to me, that's one of the things I'm really going to be watching in that game is, is, how Kansas City, um, how how well Mahomes is moving around, and how Cincinnati defends against them. Um, I think that uh, you know both games are great matchups this week. I'm maybe a little more interested in seeing, you know, sort of Kansas City, Cincinnati, the rematch, um, just because it it's like it's like a boxing match, and it's like. Kansas City's lost the last three rounds, you know, and they uh-huh. and they're the home team and uh, their crowd's going to be into it. And this is the team that now they can't seem to beat. Um, and then their franchise quarterback is 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 gimpy. So um, I think that's going to be a really interesting game. If, if Cincinnati plays like they did last week, they're going to be tough to beat. I just I hope that it's not obvious right from the get go that. Mahomes' ankle is going to be an issue. You know, I hope he comes out there looking at least 80% or or better, and it's not, like, obvious that he's limping and, you know, Cincinnati gets a clear advantage right from the jump. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, it'll be a better game if we don't hear the announcers talk about Patrick Mahomes' ankle at all. You know, exactly, yeah. an issue and, and not an excuse and not a – you know, the Chiefs have to alter the way they play to try to, you know, hide a weakness. Um, so I agree with you there. Hey, you know, with Chad Henney having that long drive last week, you know, <laughs> we'll see. Maybe he'll get back in there, Dave. Everyone got very excited about about the Chad Henney drive. I mean, he, he, he threw for 23 yards. I think Pacheco <laughs> had like one really big run on that drive. Um, yeah, he was, did. I mean, Henny's fine. You know, he's he's a capable backup. But if if he has to play meaningful minutes um, on Sunday, then the Chiefs are probably in trouble. Very true. All right, Dave. We talked a lot about this. These four teams. I'm curious. Let's say you're a GM and you have to pick one quarterback and one head coach to start your franchise with or build your franchise around. Which quarterback and coach would you pick? That's a really tough question for this weekend because um, I think you could make a case for three of the four quarterbacks. Um, You know, look, Brock Purdy has never lost a game, right? So is he one of those three? No. Um, We just don't know enough about him yet. Um, But you could make a case for the other three. I mean, Jalen Hurts is like a – of all these dual-threat quarterbacks so far, you know, or certainly this year, he was the most devastating of them. Um, even, even, you know, more effective than Josh Allen probably for the season, um, and certainly made fewer mistakes, but I'm still going with Patrick Mahomes, you know, he's only 27. So it's not like you're getting Russell Wilson, you know, like a guy who is, is kind of decently into his thirties, like Mahomes still has prime years ahead of him. And I still think he's the best in the game. Um, 
Burrow's a close second for me. Um, and the coach I'm going to take, I'm going to take Kyle Shanahan. Um, you know, oh, I know yeah. his, I know his career record is not sensational. Um, and he's had a couple of not so great seasons. Um, but he's in the NFC championship for the third time in four years. Um, his players seem to really like playing for him. Um, their defense flies all over the place. Their offense just schemes things up and puts, you know, you know, one play Debo's in the backfield and McCaffrey's out wide. Then the next play, like McCaffrey's in the slot and Debo's in the other slot and Elijah Mitchell's in the backfield. And like the defense just doesn't know what's coming. You know, George Kittle uh-huh. pulling this way, then he's pulling that way and pancaking people. And then he's running a 30 yard seam route and catching the ball off his helmet. Um, you know, they just, they, yeah. I really like the way he schemes up a game um, and, uh, you know, I know he hasn't won the big one yet. He's been to one Super Bowl, which, which they didn't, they didn't come through, but, um, Andy Reed, look, he has a tremendous resume, but he's 64. So I'm not starting a team with him as my coach. Um, I'm going to go with, with Mahomes, with, with Burrow as my backup QB. Can I have them both? And I'm going to go with Shanahan. What, what is your answer? You know, I maybe this is because I've had to I had to deal with the pain of of seeing this, and uh, this player kind of reminds me of that, of that player. But I think it'd be really fun to see Jalen Hurts paired with with Andy Reid. That that would that would makes me think about Donovan McNabb and Andy Reid in their early days in Philadelphia. And those teams mm-hmm. were were nasty, man. They put up big numbers, and they I believe it was four straight NFC Championship games. So you know, those, yeah. those were some good teams. But that, was, only that was a fun team. They only won one of them, but you're right. They did. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is Reed's tenth championship game, which is How pretty crazy amazing. Is that? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's three and six in them. But he went to five with the Eagles, and this is his fifth with the Chiefs. So, um, yeah. man can coach. Um, yeah, he can. And, and you know, the other thing I'll say about Reed is, and I, I wrote I wrote about this in my column this week. Like if there's one coach, I, I know I was talking about how creative Shanahan is offensively. Um, Andy Reid is right there, and he's been doing oh, yeah. it for longer. Um, you know, I think there there's some crazy stat that like he's never had an offense that was not in the top half ranked in the top half, um, and that includes like the year with Alex Smith as his starting quarterback, and mm-hmm. uh, you know some of the years in Philly without McNabb. Um, but if, you know, if there's one coach that if, if Mahomes is limited and they have to change the offense a little bit, if there's one coach that can kind of devise ways to, to hide that weakness and get the most out of other players, it's, it's Andy Reed. And that's why, you know, I mentioned Kadarius Tony before, this is not my bold prediction of the week. I have something else for that, (laughs) Um, but I think if the chiefs win this game, I I think Kadarius Tony's going to going to be part of the reason i think he's gonna yeah i think they're gonna need him you know he he's he's finally healthy um i don't think he was actually hurt on the giants i think there was a lot more going on there but um or maybe he was a little bit hurt i'm talking about this year but i I think tony is the kind of player that can make a difference um you know he can make people miss he can do things in the open field and uh i think i think if the chiefs win 
um, he's going to be a big part of it. So talking about if the Chiefs win, it's time for us to make our game predictions for the yes, championship. Sir, yes, so we'll start with um, the first game, which is the NFC game, goes first this week. Um, three o'clock Sunday. The big bad 49ers take their 11 game winning streak into the uh, city of Philadelphia, where they'll play an Eagles team that, with Jalen Hurts at QB, has only lost one game this year and they've only lost three total. Um, I think the line is either two and a half or one and a half, it's less than a field goal. What's your prediction for this one, Paul? For me, it's uh, Mahomes and Reed get their revenge from last year. Kansas City wins this one. No, no, we're talking about the NFC game first. Oh, I'm I sorry, the NFC game. I apologize, yeah. Dave. Yeah, uh, Shanahan, uh, Shanahan makes it to the big dance and continues having one of the greatest coaching seasons ever. All right. My pick for this one is, uh, is the home team. Um, I think this is going to be the moment where I don't think Purdy's going to be terrible. I don't think he's going to be terrible. I don't think he's going to single-handedly cost the 49ers the game or anything like that. But I think this pass rush, the crowd, the moment is going to be a little bit much. And uh, the Eagles looked unstoppable last week. I know that they were not playing the 49ers defense. This is going to be a completely different animal. But I think the Eagles um, have have a little too much uh, for Mr. Purdy. And uh, I think for the second straight year, the 49ers come up just short lose by three or four points. Um, hmm. You gave me, you previewed your, your AFC pick. So um, do you want to say a little more about it or uh, just, just leave it there? Well, you know, I, I don't have much more to say about it. I just, I just, that's, I've been going with my gut when I've been doing these predictions and my gut's been right except for one time. So I'll just, I'll, I'll stick with it. That's, that's really what my gut says is that, this is kind of about revenge, and Mahomes gets gets his. Yeah, I could see this game going either way, but for the second time tonight, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the other side. Um, I've been burned too many times picking against this Bengals team. I think that they yeah. are. I think Joe Burrow's just a winner. Um, you know, you going back to college, this guy just wins big games. Um, and I think the Bengals are on a major run. You know, the last game they lost was on Halloween night. I think Mahomes – I think if Mahomes was 100% healthy, I might still take the Bengals. And I think that him possibly being even a little bit compromised is significant. Um, and I just think the Bengals are going to have a little too much for Kansas City. Um, but I look, both games could go either way, but I will uh, – the Super Bowl I am predicting is the Philadelphia Eagles and the Cincinnati Bengals, um, meaning we'll get uh, – well, the Eagles won the Super Bowl six years ago, but that's their only Super Bowl win, and the Bengals don't have one. So um, that would be, you know, essentially two teams with not a lot of Super Bowl history. Um, so that's what I'm predicting. Do you want to move on to the last segment? I'll let you do this one because this is your favorite. All right, Dave. It's our bold call championship edition. Dave, what's your bold call of the week? All right. My bold call is for the second straight week, Brock Purdy does not throw a touchdown pass. And for the second straight week, 
The 49ers don't break 20 points. And I already told you, I don't think they're going to win. Um, I don't know how bold that is, but considering that Purdy threw two touchdowns in seven straight games before last week and the 49ers um, scored plenty of points in all those games except for one against the Commanders, um, that's my bold prediction. What is your bold prediction this week? All right, Dave. I don't know how you're going to feel about this. I know uh, we're all worried about Patrick Mahomes' ankle, but Kansas City and Cincinnati have a combined score of 80 points. Wow. Wow. That's a lot of points. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're telling people out there to bet the over. All right. Well, do you know what the what what the line is right now? Uh what is yeah, the what is the game total? The um game total for both games is right around 46, 46 and a half. I forget which game is which. Oh, okay. Um I think the AFC might have a slightly higher total. Um it's it's somewhere in the 46 range. <clears throat> you're predicting almost, you know, a significant number of points above that. Um, yeah. And it could happen. I mean, they're both really good offenses. Um, you know, the last couple games they've played would suggest they're going to score around 50, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Their defenses have both been playing really well. Yeah. Okay, I'm they were wrapping things up. Well, they, they, these, these should be – you know, like we said, these are the these are the four best teams, um, and both matchups are. There's a lot of like strength versus strength. You know, like the the Eagles' running game against the 49ers' running defense, um, the Chiefs' passing game against the Bengals. You know, entire defense. Um, there's there's a lot of like strength versus strength. Who's gonna Who's gonna win those matchups? Should be interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Dave, I, uh, you know, we're, we're wrapping things up here. But before we do, remind the people where they can find you on Twitter and let them know about your content, sir, and where we can find it. Thanks a lot, Paul. And uh, let me just say, it's been really fun. And I know we got one more one more round of playoffs after this, but it's been really fun breaking down the playoff games with you, both, both the games that have been played and the ones that are coming up. Um, yeah, definitely. It's fun for me because I write my article and then we, we talk about it. And sometimes I, I – start to question what I wrote or start to think about <laughs> differently because of something you say or something I say. So this has right. been a good exercise. Um, anyway, um, I'm on Twitter at pigskin papers. I post all my content, you know, there, but I also have a blog where, where the articles sit and that is the pigskin papers.com. And if you want to check out my um, championship round preview, uh, that article is posted right now. And Paul, where can people find you on Twitter and where can they find your content, including your trust or bust? Yes, sir. Uh, guys, you can find my articles there on Twitter, part of the King Fantasy Sports team. I always forget to mention that. So shout out to Rich, the best editor in the game. I apologize about that, Rich. And of course, my Dallas Cowboys podcast, which you can find live on Twitter on either my personal account or on the Across the Cowboys Twitter account. We stream live every Monday around 9-ish. My, my co-host and I, were, we're never on time. We, we, uh, we start talking pre-roll and then we, we let, the clock, the lot, let the clock pass us. So forgive us for that. Um, and yeah, uh, I won't have a trust or bust this week as the playoffs are wrapping up, but I have some ideas for content in the future, so be on the lookout for that. And again, if, if Cowboys fans are not, 
uh, we talk a lot about food and we we uh we talk about other things so any uh new listeners looking for another show to listen to we, we'd appreciate we'd appreciate any support you have and you can find me on twitter at paul underscore ryan 15 uh, we appreciate you joining us and we'll see you guys next week good night everyone